Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Reggie Williams, founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads. And with me, I have Jake Payne, our editor-in-chief. And together, this is our What's the Headline podcast. It's been a minute. How you doing, man? Yo, man, I'm doing good. Like uh, the late, great Bismarcky, uh, I need a haircut, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, looking at you, man, I can tell you were in the barber in the last week, and I, um, I had to travel. So I uh, had to reschedule my appointment, and now I regret that. Nah, it looks good, man. You don't have your you don't have your normal highlights, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's true. I'll get them soon, though. So. <laughs> oh man, um, so we typically record on Sunday afternoons, but we thought it more apropos this week to tape on Sunday evening after the Grammys. Um, both of us missed out on the real time moment last week at the award show. Uh, uh, boy, oh boy, that was a real moment to wake up to uh, on Monday morning. Anything left to say about Will and Jada Man and Chris Rock? I really, I really don't think so. I, you know, we covered the developments on the site. Um, you know, definitely don't want to. Uh, you know, well. <clears throat> I think it'll be interesting to see what Chris has to say. And he seems to be just kind of leaving that to his upcoming act like any artist does. I look forward to that. I mean, Chris is on tour right now, but I think that one is a uh, well-beaten path at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I actually think, and I've said this uh, in my group chat, which is still talking about this a week later, which is uh, just a testimony to the power of like what a crazy cultural moment it was. Um that I think that Will should probably just sit down for like a, a minute, right? Just complete total silence off the grid. Um, you know, America loves a comeback story. Uh, I don't think that his career is over, although and witnessing it, you know, when I first saw it, I, it is definitely one of the things that crossed my mind. But, you know, I do think he needs to take some time, reflect, let people like kind of process I do uh, hope that he has a direct conversation with Chris Rock at some point, you know, and um, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah. I think that's very well said. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think, you know, I don't think things like that are career canceling in the, you know, especially in institutions like Hollywood and yeah, I'm, I'm curious what comes of it. Um, you know, I'm definitely, I looked at our coverage on Ambrosia for Heads and a lot of folks were really supportive in their comments of the fact that we pointed out, you know, as that transpired, you know, Summer of Soul took a win. And that's that's really important. And we, you know, put those on equal heading because that was one of the reasons that, you know, tuned into the Oscars in the first place. We're always looking for representation in hip hop, important film, you know, shout out to Questlove and, and that whole movement, Joseph Patel, everyone else. Um, but yeah, that was last week and, uh, now we're on to the Grammys award season continues. Yeah. I mean, I guess one last thing. So it is unfortunate that what happened did happen because it was such a great moment for hip hop at the Oscars. You know, we saw the Oscars take over the rock and roll hall of fame this year with Jay-Z's induction. Um, you mean hip hop's takeover? So, so, yeah. Hip hop's takeover with, with, uh, you know, the induction of, um, you know, LL Cool J and Jay-Z and having Dr. Dre on on, on stage and having Eminem. Dave Chappelle and Eminem and all these folks that really showed that hip hop culture is now the dominant culture. We've seen that with the Super Bowl, with Dre's takeover, Dre Day at the Super Bowl. And, you know, it happened with the Oscars, too. It could have been the trifecta with Will getting his Oscar, 
Quest getting his Oscar, Diddy taking the stage to introduce The Godfather. Uh, you know, it was just a real, real moment for hip hop. Um, but for, you know, um, but, you know, it is it is what it is. I don't think it takes away from any of the accomplishments. And, um, you know, hip hop continues. The marathon continues. So in any case, tonight we got uh, or this weekend, we have a different award show. Music's Biggest Night, um, typically one that is very, very polarizing for hip hop. Uh, I'd say there's been promise shown over the last couple of years, at least in the nominees, because we've seen some acts like Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist and, you know, Nas Royce. and Royce and J. Cole and Pusha T. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. People who I think um, folks believe represent uh, the true aspects of hip hop. Um, not just uh, top 40 radio and listen, no knock on that. I'm saying it's been a broad spectrum of all the above. Um, and even got the, the Nas win last year, which was, you know, tremendous uh, for King's disease. Uh, I thought that that was uh, kind of a, a career achievement award in some sorts. And we talked about that last year. We won't get into it again. Uh, but no doubt a great album. I actually think the King's Disease 2, which was nominated this year, was an even better album than that. So I thought Nas had a good chance of winning. But you know, before we get into the results, what did you think about the show overall? You know, this year, it just felt a little bit like um, back to the old way. You know, I mean, it, it just there was some odd kind of choices. You know, one of the motifs that they use this year is kind of trying to showcase the people behind the scenes, you know, roadies, uh, wardrobe designers, where we're kind of introducing a lot of acts. On one hand, I think that has great intentions in mind. I don't know that that conveyed very well on screen. Um, I'm a big fan of Trevor Noah. I'm not a uh, daily show watcher on the daily, but through social media, through his memoir, like over, over the years, you know, I've really come to appreciate Trevor Noah. And I don't think that he was the most charismatic host. Um, I think he did the job and, and, you know, his shots landed, but it wasn't like one where there was, maybe it was, maybe it was, maybe it was tucked back a little bit after last week, but this wasn't one that was filled with a lot of laughter. What about you? Yes. Yeah, the first time in a, in, a, in a while we haven't had LL Cool J as the host. You know? mm -hmm. So, you know, man, every year I go in thinking that it's going to be boring, a dud. I've actually been to several Grammys. I got to say that, in-house it is the most pristine sound i've ever heard in an arena oh, you know wow. i've been to the the staples center maybe six times or so and it is crystal clear it's it's an amazing environment i've actually been on the floor like i had one of the craziest times of my life as i was with um aj and uh, uh we sat uh in in seat filler seats right behind uh kim kardashian kanye west John Legend and Chrissy Teigen is the year when Prince came out on stage. He came out right after we sat down, which is incredible. Um, you know, and that was just mind blown. It was on TV the whole nine. It was like 2014, uh, right? Something like that. Yeah. I knew you. I remember because I'm watching and, and I think later you recirculated a screenshot, but I was like, that's incredible. I yeah. remember that, but you've never told me about the sound. That's so interesting. I wonder, I mean, that has to carry over regardless of venue because this one was in Vegas which I have to believe is a first, right? Yeah, first time in Vegas. I'm sure the sound was pristine, but I typically go in um, 
you know, from an AFH standpoint, thinking that it's going to be a non-event and almost every year, there's something that like is a huge story for us. And so this year I went in with the expectation that there'd be, there'd be a moment, there'd be something that came up. And I, I only think there was one moment that was noteworthy and we'll get into that in a minute, but you know, there was nothing else that moved me. That's not to say that there weren't good performances. I thought her with Lenny Kravitz was incredible. Lenny came in and showed, yo, um, you don't do someone else's song when, they, when, when they're Lenny Kravitz, man, he yeah. came in and he said, yeah, thank you. I'll take my song back now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was kind of the 2022 version of what Prince and Beyonce did. I think that's what the Grammys was trying to achieve, I should say, when they had Beyonce singing Purple Rain with Prince. Now, um, that's Beyonce. And it was a magical moment seeing that duet. Uh, I thought her was great in her individual performance. But when Lenny came on, he definitely took over the stage and just the power of the guitar, his voice, everything. He had a total rock star moment. Um, I see, actually thought that um, I thought that the In Memoriam, the song, you know, um, was incredible. They did a, a medley, I think, of all Stephen Sondheim music, or at least uh, Sending the Clowns was uh, Stephen Sondheim at the end. And they, I didn't put yeah. that together. It makes all the sense in the world now. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sending the Clowns from a Little Night music. Incredible. Um, the harmonies, man, were amazing. Uh, it was great to see Dua Lipa have a real authentic moment and, you know, break down and say it was a big deal. Uh, it was awesome to see Silk Sonic win awards and, and go in with humility, but not so much. Uh, you know, so there were definitely great moments. But from a rap perspective, I got to say, for me, it was the most disappointing show in, in a minute. Yeah, I mean, you know. Kanye West not there, you know, it's been controversial in, in recent weeks um, that, you know, not this particular year, is it fair to say not welcome, would you say? Yeah, you yeah, know? I think he was asked not to show up. Um, you know, there's you rumors know? that they, they re-invited him at some point, but... Interesting. You know. I, um, and then, you know, you and I were talking about it because obviously this weekend coincides with Dreamville Fest and, you know, put together that J. Cole would not be in attendance. And I don't know that I think J. Cole has said on record he attended early in his career, right? But throughout the last five, six years, J. Cole has, has been a no-show. And I thought that might change this year. I think you and I speculated that when the nominees were announced, given how many categories he was in, and they were his categories, not Dreamville categories like there were a couple years ago. And Cole winning his first Grammy by way of a 21 Savage, you know, the feature for a lot. So, you know, Nas obviously in the building. Um, don't think Tyler, the creator, was in the building either, right? No, I don't think so. I, so, I don't. so. So visually, it was very different. One question I want to ask you, just as we talk about hip-hop and representation, for the In Memoriam, you know, for Virgil Abloh, which, you know, we've we covered a couple of things in his life, you know, when he was named creative director, obviously his passing on AFH. They listed him as hip-hop fashion designer, and I couldn't tell... Curious of your take. I watched the awards in a room alone. You know, on one hand, I'm like, I like that they connected him to the culture, but his impact on fashion is so much bigger than just hip hop. You know, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, so many thoughts go through my, my mind when when you say that. Um, so my immediate reaction was, man, there you go qualifying it. Like, you know, I, I see it the same as like someone saying, you know, a great female MC. No, right. it's a great MC who happens to be female. Um, you know, so that's my first thought. Virgil, you know, when he passed away was uh, 
you know, the, the designer the, for men, uh, for Louis Vuitton. Uh, and so that is the cream of the crop. You don't get any bigger in terms of fashion, period. So Virgil was a designer, a pristine designer of, of the highest sorts. But my second thought was, wait a minute, let me not discount what hip hop is and what it means to culture, period. And right now, and for the last 10, 15, maybe 20 years, hip hop has been culture and defined culture and led culture. So, um, you know, I guess I'm mixed, uh, you know, depends on what the intention is, uh, but it's definitely not a slight. He got his start in hip hop. It's, it's what uh, gave him what he has. And, um, you know, like I said, hip hop drives culture now. Yeah, and this is the Grammy. So if you just put somebody and say, you know, fashion icon, fashion designer, people may say, well, what's the connection to music? And, you know, well, he did all of those things on that level. He was also somebody that designed album covers for Kanye West and for, you know, Kid Cudi and West Side Gun. So maybe that word was a reminder. But like you, I kind of had similar thoughts. I'll tell you, you know, as, as we as we say who wasn't there, one thing that I thought was cool, and it was... It was when Joni Mitchell and Bonnie Raitt, Raitt were presenting. They, you know, panned the crowd for a minute. Um, Grandmaster Flash and Grandmaster Melly Mel. I mean, you know, I love seeing the legends being in the building. And also, we've covered it a little bit on the site. But the fact that those two men um, were sitting next to each other, there's a long history there, despite all of the things that they've accomplished with the Furious Five, you know, those are two strong egos and two leaders within that group, you know, and to see them what appearing to be side by side, I just thought was a really dope moment that might be lost on some people. Yeah, that was great to see, man. And uh, I presume they were there. They, they, they showed them when they were uh, giving out the Lifetime Achievement Award and um, they had gotten that. Uh, they'd been given that what, like three, four five years ago, something like that. They, I think Public Enemy and, and some other folks have gotten that Lifetime Achievement Award. Interesting. Am I yeah. remember that correctly. Um, I know they were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I can't say that I remember the Lifetime Achievement Award, but that doesn't mean that they didn't do it. You know? Yeah, I think um, they got it. We, we and that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it was great to see them. Um, I wish they'd gotten a Chiron just so people had, would know who they were, because I don't know the average folks would would realize who it was. Um, but yeah, dope to see them, you know, going back to Jay Cole and Tyler. So first of all, um, you know, the Grammys were moved because Om- an Omicron surge, you know, uh, got people nervous. They didn't want to have a big in-person event in February. So they pushed it back uh, to a date TBD. That date happened to fall on the same date as the Dreamville Festival. I have to believe that festival date was set a year ago. Uh, or certainly several months before this. So even if, if Cole had wanted to be there, he couldn't have been because I checked. He headlined, um, it was a two-part festival, and he headlined today's, and so it would have been a direct conflict. So that in itself is like, you know, almost like another sort of disrespect. Having done these award shows uh, for a number of years, I know that, um, you know, folks work it out with artists to make sure that those that are important are able to be there's no conflict and um you know that takes some maneuvering on both sides but you don't do it when a person has got like a festival or a show or something like that if you really want them to attend he's nominated in four categories i mean are you gonna do it to olivia rodrigo like you know like it it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right and i know that cole 
has never probably in the recording academy's estimation been a visual draw because that's just you know he places value on other things but i think going into it when these awards were announced late last year you and i looked at this as a possible inflection point you know and, and we're going to talk about in the categories what we thought deserved the win and i thought in many ways this was an important statement year for j cole and dreamville yeah and for tyler he won two years ago uh was it igor um yeah and he himself was baffled because he didn't believe that project to be a hip hop album. Yeah. And so he accepted the award, but, you know, uh, but was almost with some disdain as to like, and this goes back to your point about, you know, qualifying Virgil as a hip hop producer He's like, why are y'all putting this? I'm a, I, I've, I'm an artist who has done hip hop in the past, but I did not do hip hop this album. Right. So why are you making it a hip hop album? And, and I won. So I'm wondering if him not showing up is uh, a bit of a form of protest on his side, too. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, because call me if you get lost. I mean, you know, is 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 far closer to hip hop and rap, even in its even in its spirit. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about gangster grills later tonight, but this in, in a kind of revival trend, DJ drama hosts the project. It's got Tyler spitting bar bars in a few places. Um and, you know, I don't want to say anything too early, but that was what was celebrated tonight. And, yeah, I think it's very interesting that he decided not to be there because he is somebody who historically plays to the cameras, whether he's got something to say or just wants to be silly. So, We're, All right, so, yeah, let's go through the categories. Let's talk about um, the nominees, who we thought should win, and, uh, and who actually won. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's talk about in the end, let's talk about the mo- what we thought was the biggest hip hop moment of the night. Facts. So um, so first up is uh, best rap performance. And that is um, you, you have the nominees. Yeah, uh, I do. So yeah. The, 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 the competition for that for best rap performance was Cardi B with Up, J. Cole, 21 Savage and Moray with My Life. Drake, Future, and Young Thug uh, with Way Too Sexy, and Meg Thee Stallion with Thought-ish, as well as Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar for Family Ties. So going into this, um, did you have a a, a pick in the category? It's a tough one, man. Um, If I'm going with who I thought would win, um, just based on commercial impact and just how things seem to go, with the Grammys, I'm going with Cardi up because that was just an inescapable record. Um, it was Cardi. She's definitely a, a Grammy darling. Um, that's what I would have predicted to win. What I would have thought should have won. My life is, uh, I think, my favorite song on the off season. And mm-hmm. as as I've said many, many times, I thought the off season was the best album this year, the best rap album. So, but man, Family Ties, wow, that is such a crazy record. And um the more I listen to it, the more I love Keem's verse, which when I listen to it more closely sounds like a Kendrick verse. And I'm wondering if you think that Kendrick wrote both parts of that. Um question for you. Uh, but second thing is um, Kendrick's verse was like it generated a news cycle. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it was his only verse we've had in a couple of years or so. 
And wow, what a big one it was. It was a statement. It put PG Lang on the map. It helped put Kim on the map. Uh, he commentated on the pandemic, on, you know, the use of his name to like generate um, social gimmicks, the whole nine. It was just a really incredible verse. And, and the video was dope, too. So as much as I love my life, I probably would have given it to um, to Keem and Kendrick for Family Ties. How about you? Same, same. And this one, and I mean, this is one of those places where there's other categories that kind of overlap in spirit, but best rap performance. You know, I completely agree with you that my life is a centerpiece within the off season. I think it is top tier hip hop. When I think of performance, I got to think of, you know, th- there's a certain there's a certain level of action to it. And, you know, Family Ties has been stuck in my head since August when it released. I look at that. I look at the video. I look at, you know, I, I think of that action word of performance. Um, I would have been happy with either winner. That is, um, that would have been my choice though, Family Ties. And that is what won. So I think this was a place that you and I both, you know, were at least pleased. Um, and, you know, it should be said, this was one of the awards that was televised. Um, and Kendrick, not in the building, uh, Keem went up solo dolo, received the award, very kind of short to the point speech, shouted out Dave free, shouted out some other staffers at PG Lang, never mentions PG Lang by name, but just says, you know, my, uh, record company or my team. But I thought, you know, I believe that PG Lang is going to be around for a really long time and really kick in some doors and, and brand itself. I think they already have that video showed that. But I think this will be an interesting moment as far as that company's relationship to the Grammys. Boom, you just broke the ice. So given the sort of disrespect that I I think that we both share um, belief that J. Cole has received at the end of the Grammys. Do you think that if Family Ties had been Baby King featuring J. Cole, it would have gotten the nod? Boy, that's a hard one because I look at this one. You know, the Grammys love Kendrick, but that song, you know, Kendrick brought his A game and so did Keem. I think that this record is really something special. And like you said, and I'm not deflecting, I think that this song is so interesting because it is a really well done intersection of of two or more totally different styles of rap. When I first heard it, Keem was on that onomatopoeia, you know, screechy voice kind of real short verses, not the stuff I listen to in, for pleasure. You know, at my age, at, at my relationship with hip hop, I like a little bit more, but Kendrick came in with bars, bars, bars. And after listen, after listen, hearing other people listen, watch this record take on a new life. I've really come to appreciate the Kings part, like you said. And then when you hear other songs in that, I think it kind of primed me for a movement that's going on that I'm still trying to understand and appreciate from my vantage point. I think this is a really special record. And, you know, I think it's so special that I want to believe that personnel didn't have, you know, everything to do with it. It had a huge video to it. You know, Keem has, has been around, he's made some noise from years before, but this is his Grammy introduction. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question and say, I don't, I'm going to say this record defies just, just, just the name thing, if that makes sense. So the record is absolutely crazy and it's two bit, two different beats, two spectacular performances. Um, 
no, there's no, I'm not. So what I'm getting at is not uh, a critique about the record at all, because we no, both no. said we, we think we deserved it. It, uh, it deserved the win. But what I'm saying is that J. Cole has made incredible music yeah. that has either been outright ignored, like KOD, mm-hmm. and which both of us, uh, I think, thought was the best album of that year, and it wasn't even nominated. Um, you know, and save for, like you said, the 21 Savage record, he has not gotten a win. So it, it, what I'm saying is that is does the grant do the Grammys have like a is it I, I think there's a fundamental lack of respect for J. Cole and they need to put some respect on his name. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, folks have voted in the Grammys, you know, and, and they've tried to do this a little bit differently in the retolling, right? Like not everyone, not the same people that are voting for, you know, classical album or jazz performance are not voting here, right? Like there's, there's, they kind of have sectioned it out. Am I correct by your understanding with that? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. What? If so, that, that's, that's, a, that's a huge improvement. It used to be that everyone could vote on everything. So I'm not sure it's one of the things that I've heard. And, you know, even before that, you know, the Grammys brought in, you know, Ninth Wonder and they brought in a host of other people to kind of really try to keep the cultural integrity for hip hop. And when you have that, you know, a name like Kendrick is always going to be to a a more distant hip hop fan. It's always going to be a few levels higher than J. Cole. And one of the things that I was excited about with tonight's Grammys is that that could change it. I mean, you're never going to get j cole right now to do a grammy performance um it just doesn't seem like it's him but to answer your question i think there's love there you know it was um it was a year ago i think right when down bad you know uh revenge of the dreamers 3 got some love it was up for best rap album and down bad was kind of a family ties of its of its year i mean a little bit different but you had boss you had jid like everyone was spitting differently And I thought that this is a great way to kind of usher in some new artists and again, capture that intersection. It didn't win, um, but this one did. And, and, you know, Kendrick, Cardi, Tyler, Little Nas X, there's always some names that are always pushed to the top. And for whatever reason, J. Cole just cannot seem to do that. You know, we ran a podcast last year. Um, J. Cole is the Tim Duncan of hip hop. And boy, oh boy, is that true when you look at something like the Grammy Awards. Where... All right, so next up is Best Melodic Rap Performance. And in that, uh, Speak of the Devil, you had J. Cole uh, featuring Lil Baby, um, Pride is the Devil. Mm-hmm. You had Doja Cat, Need to Know. Lil Nas X featuring Jack Harlow, Industry Baby, which, by the way, was another highlight performance for me. I thought they were dope. Uh, I think everything Lil Nas X does is super entertaining, and I just love how provocative he is. Um, you have What's Your Name, Tyler the Creator featuring um, uh, Young Boy, Never Broke Again, and Ty Dolla Sign. And then you had Kanye West featuring Little, The Weeknd and Little Baby Hurricane. Uh, so of that, who do you think should win? Uh, who, 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 who did you think would win and who do you think should have won? I actually thought this year that it would probably go to Little Nas X and Jack Harlow, you know, and to your point, I mean, this is, this is a newer category. I think that that record more than delivers what the category calls for. Um, I listened to the Doja Cat record because that was huge too. And there's, there's really only about like 12 bars of rapping in the song. And I know that that is a giant gray area, but I, I think it's another case of kind of what you said about Tyler or what we're saying about Virgil, 
of like, you know, Doja Cat is a melanated woman and they are lumping her in this category. I didn't think that one was right. Answer your question. I thought Little Nas X would win. What I wanted to win 100% was J. Cole because I think J. Cole was playing by the formula that was given to him. You want to win a record. I think he made the best record and I think he deserved the win with Lil Baby. Made a great record and then got it. He did it with uh, one of the hottest dudes um, in hip hop right now, Lil Baby. Uh, I shared your belief that Industry Baby would win it is a monster record. Lil Nas X, you know, just can't lose right now. And Jack Harlow is is gigantic too. The video was crazy, really controversial. It was in people's ears. I was very uh, surprised that it did not win. Mm-hmm. The actual winner was Hurricane, uh, Kanye featuring The Weeknd and Lil Baby. That was a shock to me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I will say that I've listened to Donda more and more. And the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And it continues to open up to me. But in that category with that competition, I did not expect Kanye to win. And I didn't expect Kanye to win anything, actually, given his behavior of late. So that was a, that was a total surprise to me. Yeah, I share your sentiments. I listen to Donda, but I listen to kind of my my Donda Redux. And while I like that song, when I when the album first dropped, it's not one of my favorites, and it's not one that I honestly believe has penetrated culture on its own. You know, um, you look at all of the other records, and they're out there. You know, they're out there on their own. Kanye, I mean, but so much of the Donda rollout was just an anomaly. But I'm like, you're just picking a record on Donda to throw in the category and then for it to win was shocking um as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong this this category was not televised kanye is not there and it's not like i don't think the weekend was there either i didn't even see little baby i i think this this award was just announced um you know on twitter before eight o'clock you know east coast when the show started and think about how bizarre that is uh you know rap is still the biggest genre in music and of that, melodic rap is by far the the most commercially successful and, um, you know, dominates the streaming platforms and all that stuff. So it's absurd that you're not going to have a performance, first of all, uh, of several people. And secondly, you're not even going to televise it. That is, is crazy to me. So, again, th- these are just examples to me of how this was a setback year yeah. for the Grammys and, uh, and very disappointing after after recent progress. Very well said. Now, the two biggest categories, I think, for AFH-type hip-hop fans, folks like you and me, are always song and album, you know? And, and the, the song category has changed a little bit over the years. There's history there. But the, the two of, like, what is, what is the song and what is the album? So we'll do song next. Um, the nominees were DMX, Jay-Z, DMX featuring Jay-Z and Nas, Bath Salts, uh, Saweetie featuring Doja Cat, Best Friend, Again, Keem and Kendrick, Family Ties, Kanye and Jay-Z, Jail. And then again, you have J. Cole, 21 Savage, and Moray, My Life. So for you, did you, you know, same question we've been asking. Did you have somebody, uh, a song that you thought would win and one you were rooting for? Yeah, I mean, so um, the song I was rooting for was Basalt's, you know, question. You know, that that's the song that, you know, folks might remember was leaked back in 2015 or so. 2016 uh, in a beat battle yeah. between Timbaland and Just Blaze. Um, and that version actually had Jadakiss on it too. 
And so when that finally came out, that was amazing to me. And we talked about it on a podcast. I heard it in a bodega um, as playing on the radio and somebody was cutting it up. Uh, so I thought it would be amazing to see X get that. And I actually thought that he might get it because um, I think that was the only category he was nominated for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, given his passing, I thought that that he would be the favorite in that category. Um, what about you? You know, I went back and forth with it. I, for as big of a record as that is, and not to be overly corrective, but because our readers and I, we all pay attention to the comments. It was 2017 that I first heard it, and that beat battle, if I'm not mistaken, was just versus Swizz. Um, there were other battles, I think, that involved Tim. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. And yeah. um, But that record, you know, you and I got really excited about it. I think it is absolutely a focal point of Exodus, you know, the posthumous DMX album. But it didn't quite penetrate culture. But then again, you look at Nas winning last year, um, which I think both of us were happy about. Both of us could understand. And this is Nas winning a Grammy, you know, 25 years too late. Um, and I'm like, X, is he going to get his moment? You know, so I could see it happening, but I wasn't going to bet the ranch on it. Um, this was another area where I didn't expect um, Keem and Kendrick to win both. But rap song and rap performance, that gets very gray. I wanted that song to remember the year by. I felt it was deserving of one. Um, that being said, also 100% true of my life, the J. Cole record. And I'm like, you know, I can see one going one category and one going the other. And as I just explained, I kind of put Keem and Kendrick in the performance. And I thought, okay, Cole, 21, Moray, this is their moment. And Moray was there. I don't know if 21 Savage was there. Um, and the winner was you know, Kanye and Jay-Z with jail. So, you know, how did you feel about that? Because I think both, am I fair to say both you and I really do like that song quite a bit? I, I like I like the song a lot. It's probably my favorite song on Donda. Um, definitely Same. my favorite song on Donda. And, you know, it's a song about, uh, it's an anti-cancel uh, culture song. It's, it's a song about redemption. So uh, I appreciate the themes in it too. Uh, Kanye's gone controversial with it, with remakes with Marilyn Manson and the Baby, um, both of whom have been canceled for different reasons uh, in in recent years. Um, but I gotta say, um, I, I don't think it was the best song. Uh, I think it, I think Family Ties was probably the best song. I thought that Bass House would be the sentimental favorite. So, uh, and um, my life, uh, I thought, was um, ahead of that, too. So um, to get jail in there was really surprising for me. I'm with you. Out of the five songs, this would have been number four in my rankings. As much as I agree with you, I think it's a highlight of Donda. I don't think Donda is that captivating album for Kanye West. I think it was a moment. I think its rollout was incredible. But I would rather, I mean, especially if you're talking about Jay-Z features and, and momentous songs, even though the streaming numbers might not be there, bath salts above jail. And yeah, um, this one was wild to me again. And it's, again, it's crazy to me that you're not going to see um, the best rap song category televised. And I'm very curious, you know, and I don't know that you have the answers, but like, you know, how late in the game when they look at attendance sheets and obviously they knew more than a week or two ago that Kanye was not there. Although you, you know, you made the point that there were grumblings of a last minute, okay, come back. But that has to restructure so much of the pacing of the whole show that this category is not going to air. 
Yeah, I think if, if Ye is there, if, if, you know, the last few weeks of him going at Kim and Pete Davidson the way he has had not happened, I think he performs. I think they air at least best rap song and possibly uh, melodic too, since he w- would be in attendance. And yeah, you're right. It changes the entire flow of the show. But because they didn't have anyone representative of the categories of, of you know of major significance, they, they did have um, little uh, both Lil Nas X and um, and Jack Harlow there. So I'm surprised that one you know was not aired. Um, yeah, Sweetie was there. Doja Cat was there. Yeah, yeah. Or, but it's it's very 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 strange to me. And I wonder when voting stopped because you know if voting still mattered, you know, into the Pete Davidson saga regardless of who can vote on what categories you have to believe is as much as that is unrelated to the music people's tastes in their mouth you know people's feelings of artists changes and it's just a wild thing but you know Kanye continues to you know rake in the Grammys despite a very complicated relationship with the uh, Academy yep absolutely so the big moment, you know, for hip hop heads is always best rap album. And to your point at the top of the podcast, this has been one that I've really started to appreciate the opening up of categories in the last two or three years. And, you know, we did a whole piece in December. Um, great, great podcast video on the biggest snubs this year. And, and not just, um, you know, we talked about uh, Busta Rhymes. I mean, massive snub and Benny the Butcher, and I even advocated and, and you kind of agreed that, you know, somebody like Evidence who has a Grammy deserves a look if we're going to be inclusive of independent artists. But anyway, the categories were cemented last year or the nominations were, they are J. Cole, the offseason, Drake, certified lover boy, Nas's King's Disease 2, Tower the Creator, Call Me If You Get Lost, and Kanye West Donda. Um, going into this, and I have a feeling we feel the same. Did you have... Well, not to... Um... Uh, but Drake was nominated, but Drake was eventually pulled. He pulled yeah. himself. So uh, it was only four people, you know, um, J. Cole, Nas, Tyler, and, and Kanye. And thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, going in, I thought, you know, this one was really just um, a wild card for me. So uh, just I, I didn't have any way to predict it. So I thought the offseason was the best album of the year. And uh, for me, um, that should have been the winner. I, I think it stands with J. Cole's best. Um, I think it's a top three album for him. And uh, he is an MC who's at the top of his craft right now. He's been uh, as prolific as Drake, which is saying a lot, uh, at least yeah. in terms of album output, not necessarily singles. Much more prolific than Kendrick, but I think much more critically um, uh sound than than drake and up there with kendrick he doesn't have although kod was incredibly thematic too like 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 damn so there's no not k is uh, cole is insane right now and i think especially given this mixtape we'll talk about and the features he's had the dude is really in in the goat conversation right now for his generation and he made a GOAT level album. And so for me, it was the off season um, by far. Uh, no shade to Nas King's Disease 2, which I think was a much better album than King's Disease, which was my favorite Nas album in quite some time. Donda, you know, is sprawling at two hours long with the deluxe. I think it's way too long. 
could have been cut in half and then been a really solid album. Uh, Tyler, I was not a fan of that album. Uh, I know it went back to his rap roots, but it's probably my least favorite Tyler album in quite some time. Uh, but how about you? What did you what did you think would win? And um, and yeah. And what did you want to win? Yeah, both were cool. I would have accepted a Nas win. Um, I, I, you know, shout out to Drake for whatever reasons, you know, he withdrew. I was not a CLB fan like that. I, um, I thought that Tyler had like two or three really good songs on Call Me If You Get Lost. I and mean, there's a lot of people I respect that hear a very different album than I do and they love it. Um, and I've always, you know, I've, I've appreciated the albums that Tyler's done that have kind of been outside of rap. I thought Igor was really interesting. I thought Flower Boy was incredible, but they veer. I mean, they go different places. This is a return to rap. And much like, you know, Tyler early in his career, he can give you three like incredible songs, but it's stitching them together that sometimes I personally get lost. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was a hundred percent team cool. But for reasons you stated, you know, I think KD2 may be better than KD1 for Nas. I've never, I don't think there has been a back-to-back winner in this category, you know, in in history. I just had a feeling this was Cole's moment. And the winner was Tyler, you know. Yeah. Um, Which, again, and I, I, you know, blocked off tonight to tune in and then, you know, I was I was reading online and I saw the tweet from the Grammys. And again, this category doesn't air. I mean, this is a massive category from Cardi B winning it in 2019 to I think it was 2019. Yeah. To obviously the Macklemore year. Like this is wild and just really, really interesting stuff um, that this didn't air. And I I'm disappointed for J. Cole in a lot of ways about tonight. But this is the one that to me is is really really just tone deaf on the voting part it's absurd that the album uh award for the biggest genre in music is not televised that's absolutely absurd it's strange that only one of the four nominees or you know one of the uh, initial five nominees showed up but that is also a testament to like how this is just how how the Grammys have gotten it wrong so many years. They've alienated um, all the, the the top contenders, and until they start to they stop doing things like not airing the, the show and giving it to the wrong people, they're never going to get you know the biggest drawing people. Like to not have Drake and Jay Z and fo- and Kanye and folks like that at, at the show is huge. It like diminishes the ratings, um, you know, diminishes the star power, diminishes the credibility. So you got to get it together, you know? And for me, I mean, I love a performance as much as the next, and we'll talk about performances and then we'll get done with the Grammys, but there was a lot of performances and I'm like, you know, you can get two or three, you know, categories off. That's what I tune in for. I mean, I'm a music head. I want to, and regardless of what I think of the, the gravitas of the Grammys, I know that it can be, a level up for artists that can bring awareness to them for the rest of their lives. They're Grammy award winning. You know, we, we, our perceptions change regardless of what we think of the trophy itself. And to some extent, it just kind of turns in a little bit to uh, just a variety show with the music, you know, like, and, and that's always disappointing to me. And I really, yeah, I'll be, I'll be damned if next year they don't, they don't televise that category, even if, the nominees are not there. Send DJ Drama up. Just accept the award on behalf of the Academy. 
but televise it. Make that moment matter because all year long, CBS and the rest of popular culture take so much from hip hop and rap music. Yeah, I understand why there's so many performances. That's the big draw, or at least it used to be. Performances are not as rare or special as they used to be because you can see anything you want on YouTube. So really, they should pivot because what's special is getting people to give these great speeches and crazy speeches. And last week is a testament to like how anything can happen during a speech. Those are the moments now that are are rare, not the performances. So um, I do think that it's a balance to your, your point. It could be they could shorten some of the performances without sacrificing any and allow for another category or two. And again, this doesn't have to be the really esoteric uh, awards and stuff like that, because I agree no one wants to see those. But for the biggest genre in music, you should air the biggest award for that genre. That's just that's just common sense to me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what it was. And and I think that's a really good point. Some other just, you know, um, Ninth Wonder, Terrence Martin, Kamisi Washington, Robert Glasper were up. They did not win in the... um, the alternative R&B category, I believe it is, um, you know, Summer of Soul won again. So, you know, Questlove, I think is up to six Grammys now. Interesting night. You, in the way of performances, you alluded to it at the top, but I thought hers was really interesting. I did feel as though bringing out Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis for 10 seconds was not, that's, that's disrespectful to me. I think they should have made that more of a jam just like they do with Travis Barker, just like they do with other people. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You got legends and, um, you know, obviously she sampled uh, or she replayed uh, Making Love in the Rain, which is a a Herb Alpert song Mm. featuring Janet Jackson, produced by Jam and Lewis. Um, And so that's the incorporation. But yeah, you got to have those dudes out there a little bit longer, man. So after last year's win... Um, in March, Nas got a performance. Um, you know, I shouldn't say got like he, you know, wait around and receive it. But one of the things that they did for 2022 was Nas was a performer. It was kind of hip hop's big moment. Um, talk to, you know, why don't you tell us about that performance? This was the victory lap, man. Uh, Nas got the award last year. Um, we uh, both have said that we think it was as much a career achievement award as it was for the album. And this year he got the career achievement performance. You know, he came out, he had Robert Glasper, who you just mentioned, uh, playing piano for him on the keys. Um, and he did, he, he had a little kids um, saying, I know I can to start it off. And then uh, he comes out with made you look. He rolls into one mic, New York state of mind. And then um, then ends it up with rare and like um, and breaks it down in a way that was just super ill. I love, and it's as passionate and as clear a performance as I've seen from Nas in a long time. He recognized the moment he, he owned the stage. He seized it and he did it to show who he is in hip hop. And I thought that was the, the best moment of the night. I think it's so interesting because so many folks would use that that platform especially of Nas level I mean this is a guy here we are 31 years after life at the barbecue you know and you know people know who Nas is even if he hasn't done a performance like this but I, I believe Nas has performed at the Grammys in the past I know he did the VMAs the Murder Inc year and he's had big TV moments 
but I kind of looked at this as like, why would he do the medley? And then I figured it out. Um, you know, those songs of, of Made You Look, One Mic in New York State of Mind, every one of them contest me. I dare you. They all should have at least competed for Grammys. None of them were nominated. One Mike was nominated for Best Video that year. But these, these were snubs. And I believe every one of them, you know, I wouldn't be mad if it won those years. I'm thinking back of what those songs meant in the moment, what they competed against. And every time I look back and in the landscape, they were dominant. So I feel like Nas was, was kind of having the last laugh. Um, and then to your point, Rare. So, you know, Rare is not one of my favorite songs on KD2. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's you know, up there. It's definitely in, in my favorable half of the album more favorable but that performance made me want to play that song 20 times tomorrow like he delivered it and obviously with the live band it sounds different and i love that in hip-hop because we don't always think that like you can really jam out a, a song and perform it differently but when it's done on that level that well it really gives life to a deserving song and i think rare is just that because i'm watching and i'm like oh what is it oh yeah this is rare he killed it he killed it so I totally agree with you that um, the three songs he did uh, from his catalog were absolutely statements about how he was overlooked. Um, and so, you know, I'm always and I, I share your point about Rare, too, because this was an opportunity to do a song with Lauren Hill. Um, he could have done My Bible. Um, he, there were a lot of songs he could have done. So I, my mind always goes to why did he choose that song? Right. And so. When you start to look at some of the lyrics from Rare, he says, yo, I'm in rare form. People speak down on my name like I wasn't there. Um, and then he says, musically, I'm on Mars, walking all over the beat, putting my feet on the stars. I rock it like Lenny, who happened to be there. This is Nas, like, flexing. This is Nas, like, you know, just straight up, you know, doing his Hulk Hogan on folks and letting them know who he is after showing them you know, this is what you missed out. And, and this is who I am right now. I'm rare. So um, I thought it was an incredible statement from one of hip hop's biggest icons, you know, a top five icon for sure. Um, you know, owning the stage like it was his, it was, it was almost like his Busta Rhymes VMAs moment where, uh, you know, uh, he just reminded the world um, you know, that he's been overlooked and, and he wasn't going to stand for it. So I, I, I loved it, man. I loved it all. It was really cool. And, you know, it's funny. I always tease you because you, you, when we've done interviews in person with artists, you're always complimenting people on, you know, their, their fitness regime and their ability to defy age. And, and Nas looks like he's 25. He's doing the braids. I mean, the, the kid would earn the I can part that was supposed to be Nas and, you know, one of the real winners of uh, tonight's Grammys was the double-breasted suit, man. Those are back in a major way. And Nas just looked, you know, epic and iconic and, and, and cool. Like, you know, and I've been, I've had that relationship with Nas for since 90, you know, 94, 95. And it's just great to see. So For sure. For sure. Silk Sonic went four for four. I think we mentioned that, but uh, uh, I'll say it again. Really happy for those guys. Anderson Pack, man, just, he's had a great, great run uh you know doing that with bruno i think was a phenomenal phenomenal and you know this they've performed on last year's grammys as well that's um, right right when uh leave the door open and come out then they performed on the bt awards too 
that album has grown on me over time. I really love that album now. Uh, they've got a Vegas residency now, so it's probably an easy get for them too. But to see Anderson Pack on the Super Bowl stage and winning four Grammys, you and I have talked about this guy now since he first came out. Um, you know, we were one of the first to to talk about him. He did the DJ premiere. I think it was a collaboration, or if not, Primo's one of the first dudes to kind of like uh, call attention to it. Our um, family, Amanda Mester, Bonita, um, knew, uh, knows him um, personally and had been trying to put us on for a minute too. Uh, there was a stretch where I saw 15 of his shows in about a year's time. Still one of the most dynamic performers I've ever seen. And I've seen Prince, I've seen Bruno, um, I've seen um, a lot of like really dope folks. And this guy is up there. Uh, so to see him get his recognition now, both critically and commercially, I think is super dope. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too. Uh, you know, tonight's Grammys really made it about Anderson. And obviously, you know, Trevor Noah had a joke about that, you know, because Bruno has been a Grammy darling for years. I remember, what was it, three or four years ago when Anderson and J-Rock, you know, each got their first Grammys. We did a story. And now here he is at the four for four. And, you know, he was kind of the front man and Bruno played the back just in terms of airtime and all of that. And it's incredible to see. And, and Soak Sonic, you know, it, it's come out through aftermath in conjunction with, I think Atlantic, but again, I mean, you're starting to see, even though Dre isn't all over these records, this is still part of that dynasty. And it's, uh, it's really cool. You know, they re-released the album with the deluxe version. I've sent it to you recently and they did a cover of, um, you know loves trained by confunction and oh my god like i might like that as much as leave the door open and i, I think the original is, is is still the one but but these guys are so crazy and and they it reminds me a little bit of Narls barkley with every award show every public appearance they find a different way and tonight anderson with the uh lawrence fishburne ike, ike turner wig was uh that was that was the moment <laughs> he's a wild boy man he's yeah. a wild boy Yo, so um, that was the music of last year. It's actually been a pretty good uh, couple of weeks for music, too. We want to talk about a, a couple highlights that have piqued your ears? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you alluded to the big one, but there's, um, I, I'll plug it like this. <laughs> Pause. Um, the AFH playlist is in an incredible spot, and, and there's a lot of music that's come out over the last, you know, three to four weeks that is really, 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 I think, attention getting. I mean, shout out to Cypress Hill. Um, and by the way, they have a documentary later this month on Showtime that, uh, you know, Sasha Jenkins and other people are part of. Um, appropriately airing on 420. So I got, you know, got the TiVo set for that. But they put out an album called Back in Black, produced by Black Milk. And they've started to release songs over the last like year and a half, just Lucy's here and there. But I think, you know, it's one of the best Cypress Hill albums in quite some time. And I'm a, I'm a huge Muggs fan, salute to him. But Black Mill came in there and kind of met them halfway. And it's just got a great thump to it. Um, yeah, it was know. hard for me to, to pick less than like four, four. I think I put four songs in there, um, three or four at least. And I could have put five or six. I, I think it, um, it's one of ba Black Milk's best produced albums in quite some time since his... Uh, I think it was the Fever album. Which one was yeah. it that had a, yeah. Um, that album I loved. And this one is just as strong. And Be Real sounds phenomenal. And both him and Sin, but like um, 
I think that's one of it's one of Cypress's best albums in in, in decade in a, a decade or so. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Black Milk, I mean, apart from his own music, you know, I mean, we all know him from Random Acts and doing stuff with Br Gun and Slum Village, but it's a rarity at these at this point for Black to do a whole album. And you would have never in a million years, you know, guessed Cypress Hill. Um, you know, new joints from Buddy off of his Super Ghetto album. Denzel Curry with uh, Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. What a dope title. I've been playing the Fife Dog record, which came out too posthumously, uh, called Forever. And I've really enjoyed that. He's got Knots on there and Ninth Wonder and on the production, um, as well as Busta Rhymes, Red Man, Q-Tip, Little Brother, Plug One. You know, it's a really enjoyable album if you want to celebrate the life of Fife. And he was much like DMX with Exodus. He had been working on that album for years when he passed. Um, and then the other one, two other ones I want to shout out. Um, Elzai, we talk about Black Milk. Him and Elzai, you know, have a lot of history together. He's got a new album called Zeitgeist, produced by Georgia Ann Muldrow. Um, and she has been doing her thing for years. Was like a ground floor mellow music group. Um, MC, producer, musician, has gone on to do so much on her own, but you know, she's produced for Erica Badu. She's produced for, you know, a number of people. And damn, I mean, this is, and Elzai has worked with some, some heavy hitters like Crisis, but this is my favorite Elzai produced record since the preface, um, which was more than a decade ago. And I really, wow. really feel this joint. Wow. I was going to say since Lead Poison, because there's a couple joints on there that, um, you know, um, that really, really kill me. Uh, uh, was it... Uh, um trying to think of it i remember yeah uh do 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 yeah yeah you know that joint uh and there's another one on there there's a couple um on that on that album but this one is incredible another one where i had really a tough time like scaling it down to like three or four joints that are on the playlist but i agree man she she's a beast uh georgia animal draw and sounds great with those really great and then I also want to give a, a shout out to Marlon Kraft, who, you know, a lot of people talk about this emerging class. You know, obviously you've got, it's not emerging anymore, but Joey Badass over the last 10 years kind of brought attention to what was going on in the New York underground of people that just like beats and rhymes. And Marlon has been somebody over the last five years. He's from Hell's Kitchen. Um, he's been working with Dante Ross, uh, you know, has kind of put his arm around him and is guiding him. But he put out a joint in the last week called Hans, Hans Zimmer. It's produced by Havoc from Mob Deep. And that beat and those rhymes, like Marlon is one of those guys that can veer a little melodic in recent years. This marriage of hard beats and hard rhymes, it's, it's, it's been just an incredible record. I texted it to you this week. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as new music, that's that. But two sixteens, like, two sixteens. That was, uh, that was the... Oh, that, Hell's Eye yeah, joint. That was yep, that yep, joint. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. But as far as new music, there's an elephant in the room. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so we, we talked about this a little bit. So J. Cole uh, has his Dreamville Festival this weekend featuring, you know, all the artists uh, from Dreamville. We've talked quite a bit over the years about, you know, who's the best label or best uh, collective in hip hop right now. And, True. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, TDE, uh, but obviously losing Kendrick is 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 definitely going to kind of change uh, that a bit. But I think Dreamville is right up there, and arguably maybe even better. Um, you know, you've got 
Cole, you've got J.I.D., who is just a spitter. You got Boss. You got Loot, who's ridiculous. You got Omen. Um, you know, Earth they, Gang. Earth Gang. Cause. I mean, just really, it's, it's absurd that the lineup they have. They they're really really crazy. And so they put out um, a mixtape this week, uh, Gangsta Grills mixtape called D Day, uh, featuring DJ Drama um, doing you know what Drama does. Uh, we heard him do that with Tyler to a lesser degree. It was it was a more refined kind of DJ dr- drama presentation, but this was straight like Gangsta Grills mixtape. It was like, um, and they start off with this song called Stick, which is J.I.D. and J. Cole and um, the sample. Kenny Mason. Kenny oh, Mason. I believe the sample and Sheck West. Yeah, I believe the sample is of um, Takashi 69 Um the the stick 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 part uh, I think that's six nine. Um, that's so interesting. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it's just super aggro, amped up, make you want to break stuff uh, kind of record. And um, you know, JID is incredible. He plays with his flow throughout. Sheck West is great verse, but then when Cole comes on, once again he just demolishes the track and it pushes vocals way up in the mix. Mm-hmm. So you can hear him super clearly and it sounds raw like a mixtape, but it's just phenomenal. That's followed up by Ghetto God's Freestyle uh, from Earth Gang. Boss uh, comes up next with, with Lifestyle, your favorite joint, um, Starting Five. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, Starting Five is really interesting to me um, because it, it's that crew. It's that crew record. And, and, you know, drama makes this point throughout this mixtape that Dreamville's here for the smoke. And you mentioned TDE. I mean, Maybach Music Group over the last 10 years has been an incredible crew. Griselda, you know, is in the building, you know, and, and there's all of these different just movements. Um, but this song, <laughs> here, here's how I'm going to describe it. It's, it's the La Fleur La Fleur, you know, of, of 2022, of just all the different chambers within dreamville and they're killing it um and that's the one to me like stick was cool but i i kind of wait all respect to all the others it's an intersectional song about you know like 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 family ties it has different levels for different type of listeners i wait for the cold part starting five to me is just end-to-end burner like love that song i think it's incredible um one thing overall about d-day the name of this mixtape is omen man so the first artist that I ever knew was on Dreamville besides Jake Cole was Omen. And, you know, MC producer never has run to the spotlight, always been a low key dude for as low key as somebody like Loot is Omen's even more. And at times, like I've often wondered if he was going to be kind of like the GLC, you know, like somebody who was there in the beginning, but, you know, as the label rebrands and adds in new talent, like, do we start to lose that person or like the lady of rage? And instead, one of the things I love about this mixtape is Omen is all over it and he's killing it. I mean, he has several of his own songs, but that's a great taste and a reminder of Dreamville um, trusting the process. Yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be Omen's breakout moment. This is definitely the project that made me pay attention to him. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to his next step. Luke, always love uh, but there are multiple songs there might be five or six joints from this on the playlist i, I could not con- contain myself but it's 15 Deserving. songs goes 47 minutes is very very quick 
Um, and not a lot of stuff to skip. I think it's one of the better projects of the year so far. But you mentioned this uh, before, um, before we close, there was also a new song you alluded, you, you mentioned Griselda. There's a new song by Freddie Gibbs called Ice Cream um, featuring Rick Ross, which is a remake of sorts of, you know, the, the Raekwon joint. Um, but uh, there's some stuff that's been going on with Freddie Gibbs and Benny the Butcher. And this was this was made out to be teed up like it was going to be a diss record from Gibbs against Benny the Butcher. It did not seem to be that. There's some generic aggressive lines that could be against anyone. Maybe it's against Benny, but um, you want to give some context of what's going on with Benny and, and Freddie? Yeah, I mean, when it first played out, there's things that I didn't catch. But, um, you know, over the last two years, I mean, let's not forget, Benny and Freddie are kind of sort of label mates. I mean, Empire is a movement that allows crews, it provides distribution. But Empire is leveling up and it's becoming a label too that's competing with the majors. Two of its biggest stars, you know, Benny and Freddie. Freddie gets a Grammy-nominated Grammy nominated album with Alchemist last year. Um, Benny, who also works closely with Alchemist, continues to thrive. We dedicated most of a recent episode to Tana Talk 4. Um, but these guys have kind of, I feel like they're angling for who's upper hand. Um, you know, Freddie brings Benny on tour a few years ago. But what happened recently is, um, you know, Benny, or excuse me, Freddie's manager had um, responded to a tweet by Westside Gun in 2020, uh, 2020 or 2021, Gun was popping about like, yo, whose crew is more consistent? We put out all these albums and Lambo, you know, Freddie's manager responded, you know, last I checked, we had Bandana and Alfredo in the same year. And that kind of was where the conversation ended. And then recently, um, you know, when Benny had that incident in Houston where he, you know, was shot after an attempted robbery, there was some subliminal things said on social media by Freddie. In kind, Benny seemed to post some cryptic things when Gibbs had a run-in allegedly with Jim Jones in a Miami steakhouse. So these tensions build. Then um, far more recently, just in the last few weeks, Spotify, um, with their Green Room uh, interview series, markets um, a, com- a quote from Benny that basically downplays his work with Freddie Gibbs. And all of a sudden, you know, Freddie is no stranger to conflict, social media, it starts to escalate. And both of these guys over the last, you know, it's died down a little bit, but have alluded to who's supreme, who's better, who's living what they rap, et cetera, et cetera. Gibbs has said, you know, I put, I brought you on tour with me. Where's the gratitude? Um, And like you said, this week, Gibbs said, I got bars coming. You know, I got bars for some people coming and I'm paraphrasing. And this is all, you know, you can you can go to AFH and read the story and have the exact quotes. But yeah, Ice Cream dropped and I didn't think it was the disc record that I that that it was going to be. Um, one point that I should add, Freddie's response to Benny lately set, made light of how Tana Talk 4 has not been as big as he thought it would be. You know, basically, you're dissing me to be promo for your album next time, well- you know. Well, well, let's 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 tell folks what Benny said too, because like when when you first like told me about this, I, I really thought it was a non-story, like mm-hmm. because all that Benny Benny was in an interview, like you said, and 
uh, they asked about the joint project that um, Gibbs and Benny uh, were working on, whether that was going to come to to light. And Benny just said that um, that opportunity came and went. That was it. Um, that he, he uh, that's all he said basically is it came and went and you know just basically let folks know that season had passed. Gibbs sees it and um, he says uh basically your album came and went and like keep my name out your mouth there's a lot of people wanting people to keep their names out of their mouth this week uh and freddie gibbs is another one um so um i didn't think it was that big a deal like that the words you know um came and went i didn't see i didn't see as being disrespectful or anything like that it just was more descriptive than anything maybe it was said with a little attitude i don't know but i I didn't i didn't see it as that big of a deal yeah i did i mean clearly to the point where both of these folks you know both not folks both of these camps have responded to each other and and let's not forget i mean you know beef is good for business and i think there's a competitive streak to both of these guys both of them are are artistic representations of street crews i always remember man it was like 2010 um, at the time I was with Hip Hop DX and we put on a showcase at South by Southwest. Freddie Gibbs was one of our headliners and some people, we were up top in like a VIP area and some people down below said something. Freddie jumped over the balcony and was out. Like he went after them and was out. like Freddie. And it's one of the reasons why people love him. I mean, the line with Freddie of fiction, you know, and reality is, is really thin. What he raps about is what he lives. And I think he's always up to to say something that's super outspoken. We've all watched, you know, the way that he's trolled Jeezy over the years over, you know, that not working out. I know for a fact, Freddie has said things when he was an Interscope artist about Eminem that, you know, raised some flags at that time. He's always up for the smoke. And I don't think Benny is any different. I think that Benny has come into hip hop as, you know, a super hardworking, nice guy, representation of the underground. We haven't really seen Benny bump heads. But this is that, and I have a feeling that both of these guys are kind of jockeying for similar real estate in hip-hop. Obviously, Gibbs has been known a bit longer, but I, th- I think it's fair to say they've both been rapping for, you know, 15-plus. Um, so this is interesting, but obviously I say that with the caveat that I hope nothing serious comes of any of this. It doesn't seem that way. It just seems like these two guys are, are kind of puffing up their chests at each other. And what I really hope is that if it is an issue that we get music out of it um, more than, you know, cryptic uh, social media messages. Yeah. I hope they, they talk behind the scenes and work it out Um, Two of my favorite artists uh, for sure. I think they, they would make incredible music together. They have very um, similar uh, ear for, for tracks. You know, they've worked with uh, both work with Alchemist, quite a bit and i think he could do an album with the two of them that would just be incredible i think freddie would sound great on derringer beats um yeah i I think there's a lot of opportunity uh so i hope it comes back again yeah and it it probably will and and if i know empire like i think i do you know they get involved and check everybody just to make sure things are, are are cool as well but um we'll see i thought that was an interesting story and i'm glad that we covered it but i see your point i mean so often it's interesting because even things like 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 Gibbs running in with Jim Jones, that's not things we covered. You know, we didn't cover the the you know, we didn't try to connect the 
the social media stuff that was going on following Benny's incident. Like that's not what we do, but then to connect the dots and watch this happen, it's just interesting. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that said, um, what's your song of the week? Now I'm going to go with another hardcore MC. Um, I'm going to go with my man, Bumpy Knuckles, who put out a project, his second volume of, it's a production project um, where it's all Bumpy beats. And for years, people might not know this, but Bumpy produced a lot of his own stuff. He would have Pete Rock, Alchemist, you know, DJ Premier on there, but he would always use other names for his own stuff. A, you know, very accomplished musician and producer, um, but he's got a joint I texted to you this week called Green Seville. And it kind of has like a primo bop to it, um, you know, but it's it's just been the voice in my head through the week. It's, you know, I got a Green Seville and a will to win. Like it, it, it's him looking back at his uh, his days in the street and his drive to be the MC. So I've been been playing that one, you know, nonstop. But uh, what about you? I got to go with stick, man. Uh, I was in from the moment I heard that song. Uh, I played it multiple times over the weekend. I'm trying not to burn it out, but it's incredible to me. Um, again, that's off the Dreamville D-Day Gangsta Grills um, mixtape. Um, it features J.I.D., Kenny Mason, Sheck West, and J. Cole. And I think, it, I think it's super dope. First song on our playlist, if you haven't, you know, followed that, press play, enjoy it is beautifully curated and uh, also if you listen to these podcasts so what's the headline please like us rate us on apple spotify youtube wherever you consume this it helps uh helps get the message out to other people man but we hadn't done this in a while and tonight you know i'm so glad that uh we laid out a new episode man there was a lot to talk about word for sure yo always a pleasure man likewise until we do it again all right word all right peace peace